The Blockbusters Podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us, as well as other fine shows such as The Guy Huddle, Language of Bromance, and Dave's Nerd Compendium at podbros.com and on Twitter at, at podbrosnetwork. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Episode 52 of the Blokebusters Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And today we will be talking about Ant-Man, as yes, I'm sure you will. can see from the title. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick bit of business real quick, though. Uh, mm-hmm. If you'd like to get a hold of us, best way is on our Twitter, at Blokebusters. Uh, Facebook, of course, we're on there at facebook.com slash Blokebusters. <laughs> um, that, anything else that we have, you can find through there. Um, yeah, email website, email. Yeah, website, email. Um, yep, just, you know, feedback, we love it. Uh, so I'm going to toss it over to you, Paul, uh, for uh, nuts and bolts on this film. Nuts and bolts, of course. So, Ant-Man directed by a man called Peyton Reed. Yes. And if you have no idea who he <laughs> You're is... You're probably hearing that name for the first time, like yeah, the, most of us. <laughs> that, that is one of those things that... Yeah, he's done a couple of things that you might have heard of, but you wouldn't necessarily seek him out. The most recent <laughs> one is the 2008 film Yes Man. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, the breakup. Yeah, bring it on. Nothing of those says, "Hey, I'm going to tag you for Ant Man." So, yeah, let, yeah. Apparently, the, so good get for him. Yeah, the, <laughs> the people that signed him on were a big fan of uh, romantic comedies, I think. And <laughs> Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah, and so they thought, let's bring him on for something that isn't a romantic movies. comedy. And the budget, a hundred and thirty million dollars, mm-hmm. which I think is actually a little low for a Marvel. A little reasonable, film. I think. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the box office as of Saturday, the twenty fifth of July. Which is eight days after release, one hundred forty-four million nine hundred forty-five thousand. Doing just fine. Yes, <laughs> doing a little better than Terminator Genesis. I hope so. Let me just be depressing. Let me just flip back here. Uh, okay, when we did it, mm-hmm. the the budget was one hundred fifty-five million, and they were at one hundred seventy-four million. But that was, what, two, three weeks after? But Ant-Man will keep chugging along. Yeah. Terminator people were excited about, then realized it's a piece of shit. (laughs) And stopped going to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about a decent movie. Yeah. Uh, So, shall we get into the cast? Or do you want to do the plot first? uh, Quickly run through the cast, I think. All right. So, you've got Paul Rudd as Scott Lang or Ant-Man. And I put in brackets. Two, because he is the second Ant-Man. Okay. Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne. Corey Stahl as Darren Cross. Mm. Wonderful last name there. Yes. Bobby Cannavale, Cannavale, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Paxton, who is the cop fiancé of the ex-wife. Yes. And Michael 
Pena as Lewis, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, otherwise known as Ant-Man the first Ant Man, <laughs> uh-huh. and then just a few, a couple of cameos: John Slattery and Haley Atwell as Howard Stark and Peggy Carter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice to see those in there, and then Anthony Mackie as a slightly bigger than cameo role. Of Sam yes, Wilson, a spoiler alert! Role. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Sam Wilson or Falcon, mm-hmm. and there were some other people, but I haven't written them down. Mm-hmm. So, what was the plot of this thing, Brian? Oh, I don't know, something about ants. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think ants were involved. <laughs> okay, maybe there was a man. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, armed with a super suit with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, cat burglar Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Doctor Hank Pym. Plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. It's a yeah a heist movie with superheroes. Yeah. Superheroes. <laughs> and, well, it's a comedy heist movie that has superheroes. Is how I look yeah, at it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Ocean's Eleven meets The Avengers. So. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, definitely much more geared... To the comedy, like all the Marvel films have comedy in them, yeah. But this, I think, was a goal that you know Edgar Wright had. Yeah, writing this, just this, you know, is going to be number one a funny movie, <laughs> and oh. then an action movie. Yeah, right. And I do think that you could tell which scenes they didn't adapt too much after he left. Yeah, mostly the dialogue scenes. <laughs> <laughs> That there were some bits in there where it was like, okay, that, yeah, that feels like his style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It yeah. definitely had that, his kind of touch yeah. on certain parts. <laughs> and, yeah, of course, if you don't know, Edgar Wright was originally down to direct this, and then he left citing creative differences <laughs> about a year ago. Yes. So, yeah, that's why he has a screenwriting credit, why he has a producing credit. An executive producing credit, I believe, actually. And there's one other credit I can't remember off the top of my head. But he actually was only on it for about eight months, I think. And mm. he he helped with the script and all that and then left. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe next time he'll do it. I think, yeah, it all worked out okay, I think. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, so where, where do you want to start uh, with this one? I don't know. I think I want you to start off. All right. Well, one thing that I want to bring up, get it out of the way right now, actually, is something that this film really glossed over the whole Hank Pym's wife character, because I'm doing a little research for this. Wasp, the Wasp, or whatever her official name was, I I didn't write it down, so Mm -hmm. do forgive me for getting that wrong. She was one of the founding members of the Avengers and has been voted the fifth most important Avenger character of all time. In this film, she is on screen for five seconds (laughs) and you never see her again. Nor does anyone else. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Never to be seen again. Yes. So it was a little odd I think to take a character I mean I understand the Marvel Cinematic Universe is different to the comic book universe but that would be kind of like taking the Green Lantern and sending him off on a mission in the first issue 
of the Justice League, and then he still hasn't come back twenty years <laughs> later. Like it's a a little odd of yeah, a choice. But for I mean, I know by and large people don't even know of Ant Man to begin yeah. with, so I don't think they're going to be bothered by this character. You know, Just disappearing that they didn't realize was important. Yeah, pe- people that aren't comic book nerds yeah. or people that do research mm-hmm. on these things, yeah, they're not going to know. So, would you say this is kind of another Guardians of the Galaxy esque thing where people are going because it's Marvel, not necessarily because they know the character? Mm-hmm. I... Yeah, they're they're just going because yeah, you know, they didn't start off with Guardians or Ant Man. They've established credit or you know reliability and so now they can do these movies and i think people will go because it has marvel on it and they know they're gonna have a good time yeah so yeah that's you can pretty much do anything i think uh (laughs) you could have oxygen man and it'll be interesting (laughs) it's just a blank screen yeah oh it's amazing i'm kind of interested to see how far they can take it like are they going to end up delving into the real dregs of superherodom to bring out? <laughs> They're some just going to see, like, yeah, who can else can we make people love? But well, I mean, obviously they've got the Black Panther film coming out. Mm-hmm. They've got the Doctor Strange film coming out, yeah. as well as all the other sequels mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, given that this one looked like it's going to be quite a success mm-hmm. for them. It'll be interesting to see how f- much further they can go and how many other characters they'll bring in. Which will be... Know. It'll be fun. I, 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 I envision a day where people will just say, uh, let's go to the Marvels, meaning <laughs> the movies. You know yeah. how Kleenex means one thing <laughs> and Jacuzzi is one thing, but they're individual brand names, yeah. but they represent the product. Well, I, uh, so yeah, you're just... You know, oh, I saw a shitty Marvel. Well, it was a romantic comedy. It wasn't a true Marvel. You know, well, I mean, I was, <laughs> I was talking to uh, my friend I went to see this with, and I said that I'm genuinely getting a little, like, worried that Disney is going to become the biggest studio in the world at this point. They own Marvel, they yes. own Star Wars, they have Pixar, and they have their own animation studio. And every single thing they bring out, with the exception of cars and planes... Mm has just done brilliantly so mm-hmm. it's cars too to uh, highlight that point a little better well, cars I, did well I, I think it did i mean mm-hmm. I, I would argue it's not that great no. <laughs> well it's not the best but cars too was ugh. and then i didn't even bother with the planes thing or yeah yeah and then I, they have the direct one planes and rescue i don't yeah, know that, that whatever fire, that fire, <laughs> fire <one>. rescue <laughs> yeah uh, we're not counting those, yeah. and I don't think they do either. <laughs> but back to the yes. Marvel uh, division. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, I, I am a little worried that uh, you know, within about let's say five years, half of all films are going to be coming out of Disney. Like other studios are either going to be bought up by Disney or just shut shut down because they can't compete. Oh uh, yeah, it's going to be small independent movies and and Disney. Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's yeah, the way it's going. Yeah. Uh. All right. <laughs> now, correct me if I was wrong here. The Corey Stahl as Darren Cross. Mm-hmm. 
did you see him on screen and think, did they get Paul Rudd to put a bald cap on and play the villain as well? Not a bit, no. <laughs> no. I, I was sat there watching it, and like the second time he was on screen, I, they cut away from Paul Rudd mm-hmm. and cut to him. It was like, did, did, did they just shave and put a bald cap on him? <laughs> so you're not really familiar with that actor, are you? Because I've I, seen him in quite a bit of oh, stuff. Oh, no, but... I, I know I've seen him okay. in a bunch of other things. It's just... I felt like they had probably unintentionally hired the one guy that looked the most like Paul Rudd they could find to play the villain against Paul Rudd. I don't know. I, I'm looking at him now, and I don't really see it. Maybe the nose a little bit, but like I just—he's so iconic to me from uh, House of Cards that first uh, season. No, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he. Like he's only in it because he looks like Paul Rudd. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he's a great actor. It was, it was one weird little thing that popped into yeah, my head when yes. I was watching it. And, and he's I, an excellent bad guy. Yeah, he was one of those bad guys that he wasn't like, say, Loki or Thanos, where he knows he's a bad guy and he's just trying to be bad. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's doing right. Yeah, and going the wrong way around. Yes, yeah, yeah, for the greater good or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) Mm, yeah, the greater good. (laughs) (laughs) Rusty Tucker. Should we just see how many Edgar Wright things we can can bring into this one? (laughs) That's just all the way from that. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the effects. Okay. Uh, and get your thoughts on them. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'll start off with an issue I had. It was I did not care for the look of the ants that okay. were in the film. Like, they... I didn't know if they were supposed to look that surreal or what on that uh, small level, but they looked, like, so, like, shiny and metallic and... <laughs> okay, I, I see what you're getting at there. You know, it's just... I don't know. I, I didn't care for the design at all. Well, I mean, that means that they, they looked good, like it was really good rendering and you know, all yeah. that, but I didn't like the style and design choices of them. I don't know. Well, I don't think they actually went too far from how those ants actually do look, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that they gave them like a little extra shine so they would stick out more. Hmm. Probably so, you, especially given that there was a lot of black against black in the film, they put, mm-hmm. they wanted you to be able to see the ants. Yeah. So I'm sure they tweaked it a little. Maybe mm-hmm. the colors are a bit odd so that you can see them. So yeah, I, I get why you might have been a little yeah about it, but I thought they looked good. But this was one of those things where. It was so obviously CG because there's no other mm. way you could have done that. Although I did kind of like towards the end where one of the ants gets full size and it almost felt like that film Them, whereas the humans are there and they see the giant ant come over the hills like, oh no. <laughs> you not get that reference. Do you get that? No. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering how... Or uh, unless you're going to make the argument, I think you're going to make. But how are the ants traveling so quickly from location to location? <laughs> are, is, are are they in jars that we're not seeing, and then they're let out into the lab? Or but or are we supposed to believe every single place in the world is infested with ants? <laughs> wow! You know? Like they could appear out of a drawer in a 
chemical lab in a second, you know. <laughs> I and, I got the feeling that... Or in her car, like, okay, you're going to ruin your car with all those ants yeah. in there, but okay, that's your, you yeah, know. The, in turn the, on the air conditioning and you get ants in your face. In but. the car was a little odd, although, <laughs> although she had just been wearing the earpiece, so you could argue that there was some there anyway. I know. I also want to know why he didn't have more than just one earpiece. Mm-hmm. It, se- it seemed like all three of them could have had their own earpiece and done, like, yeah. Okay. You're in charge of these. Hands, you're in charge of these. Yeah. So those were my main <laughs> suspension of disbelief issues. Were the talking to the ants uh, mm. to even think that that's a plausible technology? Uh, well, to communicate with an insect. Well, the, the <laughs> we biggest, are so far away. The biggest issue. Yeah, and shrinking a man down isn't. <laughs> well, well, that's the whole entire yeah. premise. You have to accept that, mm. but. So I think my biggest issue with it is that I'm fairly certain most ants communicate through pheromones, not electric impulses. Mm -hmm. So to make it more believable, you'd have to have had a little nozzle somewhere spraying little Mm -hmm. pheromones. (laughs) The the come here pheromone or the go over there pheromone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But yeah, that that was the, the big thing. That stuck with me was that the ants magically popping up everywhere. All right, and, and uh, speaking talking to them. Yeah. Speaking of ants, mm-hmm. he has a main ant that he gets close yeah, to called called Anthony, right? <laughs> yes, very clever. Did at any point you get a flashback to Honey Who Shrunk the Kids with Auntie? The you know, second I would have if I remembered Anthony. the film enough. <laughs> the, but... s- the second he was like, he needs a name. I'm going to call him Anthony. And in my head, I heard Auntie. Well, maybe <laughs> like, in the Marvel <laughs> Universe, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids film still exists. And Paul Rudd had seen that, and it was kind of his tribute. All so, right. Uh, I will take that. that can, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. allow that. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> right, I'm you, going Judge. to allow it. Thank you, Judge Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm that judge out of future. I'm mm-hmm. going to allow this. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought I, I was thinking a little. Um, honey, I shrunk the kids, and I was obviously at multiple points because yeah. you know it's a little just too close to not. And then went with the whole Anthony, uh, you know, a little bit of never-ending story too. Uh, <laughs> Riding the, the fluffy white dragon. But, well, uh, even with um, like with the honey, we shrunk the kids thing. This film has actually been somewhat in development since the 80s because Stan Lee went to, I don't think it was Disney, but he went to a production studio with the idea for this film in the 80s. But Disney had announced that they were starting production on Honey, Who Shrunk the Kids. So they they didn't want to take it on because it was a similar idea. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, Hollywood, how can you not be like that now? <laughs> no kidding. So, right now, that sounds a little too similar to... <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the, yeah, let's, let's keep this thing moving. What's the yeah. next uh, talking point that you wanted to go over? Well, what was your feelings on the the gang? If you know who I'm referring to. The three housemates slash... Oh, fellow robbers. I mean, purely there for comedic relief. Yeah. Um, and Luis, the main, uh, um, played by, you know, Michael Pena, 
who's a really good, just dramatic actor too. If anyone hasn't seen End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal, the like pieced together surveillance footage, found you know, a, yeah. you know, handheld camera cop movie. It's amazing. But yeah, he was absolutely hilarious in this movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, all the other two guys, like I, they were just. There, that, Kinda. I, I thought they were very expendable and could, I, I could have done without them. I had another flashback to another film while watching it. The first scene where you see the black guy who says the word damn, I think, three times in the first scene. I had a immediate flashback to not another teen movie. With the token black guy, I'm just supposed to stand here, stay out of the conversation, and say things like, damn, shit, shit. and that That's, is whack. That is whack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's not go into that conversation <laughs> yeah, where he drops all of those in. But, yeah, yeah. I, it, it was the thing where I saw it and was like, no, you're not, please tell me you're not going to, and then later on mm. he has more to say and he's mm. not just your token black guy, but <laughs> I was a little worried when that scene happened. And then the guy who randomly had an accent. For no reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a character choice by him. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I can only assume that if a character has a specific accent and he's clearly not an actor from that country who would have that accent, that the comic book character must have an accent because <laughs> then otherwise there's no mm-hmm. reason to randomly make what was he russian or something like yeah. he, he was this random russian guy who was with this hispanic guy the black guy and the caucasian guy it was, yeah it was yeah they were their own justice leg of uh <laughs> eclect, you know race relations um but yeah. i don't know yeah it, it was <laughs> yeah it, could, so it you could have done without him too am i right i other than luis i think or i mean because you got that they were good friends. Yeah, um, but. yeah, I and mean, you got that they were friends. I enjoyed the the one scene where they really did something, where they're in the van outside mm-hmm. the industry and, and all that. So obviously, you needed characters to be able to do multiple roles, and mm-hmm. that's what they ended up doing. But yeah, they they were relatively forgettable, I think. <laughs> yeah, and and like they even uh, nod to it in the movie, like these guys are going to do this or help with this heist that's yeah. you know dependent on saving the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> you might have, yeah, want to uh, not get some petty criminals for that, but, yeah, you know. That's well, you've already got one petty criminal, why not get three more? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Michael Douglas. I haven't mm-hmm. really watched him in anything in, I would say, probably a couple of years. I've, I know he's made a few things, so. No, yeah, I. But I really, really enjoyed him. I thought he was just really funny, actually, yeah? um, which I haven't really seen him do a lot. And I don't know, I just thought that he helped to really drive the narrative. I, I don't know, I really liked him in this. Yeah, he, he was really good. And it it's one of those things where he played it relatively straight. There were obviously comedic mm-hmm. parts in mm-hmm. it. But he was kind of the Leslie Nielsen of the piece where he's just he's very straight. He is being true to the character. And he mm-hmm. just... He just happens to be funny in how his character is act- reacting to these yes. things. So <laughs> it was it was nice to see that in 
one of these films where you do get a lot of, well, this guy's the funny guy and this guy's the dramatic guy and mm-hmm. you know, kind of Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. Yeah, the real clash of characters there. And he he is just relatively serious. He's got a job to do. He's going to do mm-hmm. it. And he is more... He's kind of the most natural person, I think, in the entire film. Because that is how someone really would react to all these things. A lot of the people are caricatures. But yeah. I think he felt the most human out of the lot. Well, being the guy that created the, the particle that makes this possible, of course he is going to be extremely protective of it <laughs> and how it is used. And so, yeah, all that was believable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a problem with anything about his character or how he played it. Yeah, uh, I, I also enjoyed, actually, in a lot of these Marvel films, they will go out of their way to really say, okay, this is how this works. This this is because of this, which is because of this. But in this film, it was I created this particle. That's all you got. Yes. <laughs> no not, more not explanation. That, yeah. uh, well, oh, other than saying, oh, you know, closing the distance between atoms. Well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like, okay, yeah, but, but how? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That, that's a description. That's one thing to say. Yeah. It's a description of what but, happened. It's not trying to tell you how it happened. Exactly. And in films like this, you kind of do need to have that level of, well, we're not going to bother saying <laughs> how we do it because we can't actually do it. At yes, this point. because it will, that argument will fall apart the second we start explaining yeah. it. Yeah. Which I, I've said before, I'm absolutely fine with films going down a certain route and not explaining some things to the audience mm. because... You don't need to be have yeah. everything explained to you unless you're doing something that is actually real and mm-hmm. would require some explaining to yes. the people that are having to mm-hmm. do the thing. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's but, it's one thing to have like, yeah, what's this? Okay, it's this. Another thing to say, sit right there for the next two minutes. I'm going to explain to you exactly what's going on. <laughs> and yeah, they could have just had a. A scene where Michael Douglas said, "Okay, I'm going to explain this," and then just a quick cut to Paul Rudd is looking confused. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it was explained. We didn't hear it, yeah. but yeah, it was explained. Well, and that, actually, that does happen in the film because there's mm-hmm. that that thing where you see all of his friends asleep, mm-hmm. and Hope says. You know, he didn't give them anything. He just explained how the pin particle works. <laughs> I thought that was a suggestion. So, okay, maybe I missed that part. But I, I mean, yeah, it it could have been that she was joking mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. but I like that that was in there. Yes. Um, another, I know, um, this kind of a tendency of this podcast is to nitpick, but even though it's a film, <laughs> it, films that we still even like, but yeah, uh, in that vein, I had a major problem with how quickly he could change size back and forth. If So we're saying, it, okay, I'm accepting you're able to shrink, okay. but you're going to tell me your your universe from when you look in a penny, a penny or a cent is towering over your head, or whatever, and to the n- next second you're full size, and then the next second you're down. <laughs> your brain cannot comprehend those changes, <laughs> let alone to do... Karate and <laughs> martial arts that you learned in the basement for a week <laughs> from Evangeline Lilly. But, I mean, would you not think that's like your brain could not process that information that quickly? I... Between 
your universe just blowing up uh, by when you shrink, your universe getting so much larger. Me, maybe to start with, but I got the feeling that he did this so much during the training. Mm. Like you would become accustomed to it. Like you wouldn't. You would get almost muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Like you would get that thing of like, okay, the second I hit this button, mm-hmm. like this is what comes next. So like, mm-hmm. I'll hit this button and then I'll immediately start moving my arm because then I'll be punching at this size or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so and it's especially they were using it quite well in the fight scenes in a way that would make sense in that he wasn't big for very long mm-hmm. because obviously he's. At his best when he's yeah, tiny. he's a disadvantage, yeah, because he, he's not a, for, uh, for lack of a better term, a real superhero. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the suit is the superhero. Yeah, he, he doesn't like Iron Man. He doesn't the suit have is the power. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the fights looked great. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, I know why they put it in the trailer, but it would have been a really cool, like, oh, that's great thing. It's the whole jumping over the gun. Mm-hmm. As it fires, saying like yeah, that would have been great. Although the way it was framed, I saw that and I was like, "Did he just shoot his partner in the head?" Because <laughs> like, he kind of knocks the other guy out. At which point, the guy with the gun turns it to him, mm-hmm. and then he shrinks and jumps over it as it fires. It was like he just kills his friend. Like, I believe that's what happened. Yeah, I believe that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Even though we saw him get up in the next shot, no, he's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was weird. Well, if we're gonna go down the nitpicking, oh yes. route, I I was fine with most of the stuff that happened in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad guy has the suit; like it's a front yes. down little suit. It's inside a little capsule which he mm-hmm. puts inside the briefcase, which he shuts, and then he's on the helicopter, and Ant Man gets into the helicopter, right? Yes. Yeah. He tries to shoot Ant-Man in a helicopter, misses, then he looks away. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man hits the one guy, turns round. The bad guy's in the full-size suit. Yeah. How? <laughs> <laughs> Movies. <laughs> That's how. It's like, Movies. Like, within five seconds, I'll, I'll give it a generous five seconds, he opened the suitcase, opened the capsule, unshrunk... Mm-hmm. The, suit the suit got in it mm-hmm. and then was and wasn't even tightening down a belt buckle no, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and was, it was all done he was fully in it yeah. ready to fight mm-hmm. uh, no yeah <laughs> I, I mean I, I think that's one of those obvious things that they probably do about too that it's like well you just have to accept it yeah to, you know I mean, it, it like, was, yes, he's but, going to I be mean, what is the other option? Time out. Can I get my suit on? <laughs> well, I, Truce. Well, I think it would have been best if... Could, there's one point where Ant-Man falls out and he's holding onto the strap outside the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Do it then. Yeah. But no, he gets back into the helicopter, continues to fight, and then the guy changes into the outfit. So, <laughs> No, you could have managed your time a little better there, I think. Someone who's in charge of a company would have a little better time management, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it was just one of those things I just figured out. A, a, little more, a little more regard for the lives of the people flying the helicopter you're in as well. 
Mm. Would have been nice. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, yes, it uh, needs to crash, mm. but but still, <laughs> there is a lot of yeah, needless yeah, death like that. But um, I was I don't know how you know we uh, talked trailers a lot uh, on this podcast and the, the benefits and disadvantages yeah. of said trailers. Yeah, but we do try this, not to go on too much about yes, it. <laughs> but it is you know a common theme, and uh, but this film I felt I was able to pick every single trailer moment out. Like, usually, I'll, a few will get by me, and I'm like, oh, I don't realize till after it's over that, oh, yeah, that wasn't the trailer. Like, yeah. as the scenes are developing, I'm like, oh, here comes the trailer moment, here comes the trailer moment. <laughs> yeah. And so that, weighing in on the disadvantage side of it, takes a little bit of the oomph out of the Yeah, well, the like, action. I, like I said, the, uh, the jumping on the gun mm-hmm. thing, like that, that would have been a nice, ah, oh, moment if it wasn't in the trailer. <laughs> exactly. But that is, don't, I haven't watched it since uh, I had the thought, but aren't they showing Yellow Jacket at that time? And yeah. not Falcon, so they're hiding that. Because it, it, in the movie, it's actually well, no, Falcon, it, am I not getting this right? No, you, you are, but they never show who he's talking to. It's okay, I thought they cut to like Yellow Jacket. No, it, it's, or, only the, okay. it's only the shot of him on the roof. Okay. And I mean, they might, they might then cut to... A, one of the shots with Yellow Jacket, but they never... Oh, so that's kind of what your brain does, is make yeah. that leap. Yeah, but... Yeah. Um, what... Is, so, transitioning into that, what did you think of Falcon's appearance in this movie? I... Spo- a little late spoiler. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, yeah, you know by now, these whole things are spoilers. Yeah, yeah. we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed him being in it. It did kind of seem like... Oh, we need some sort of link to the rest of the... See, universe. I thought it was a bit forced, but... But it makes sense that he's the guy that's still there guarding the mm-hmm. place, because he is the military guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone else, with the exception of Captain America, who obviously is off doing something else at mm-hmm. this point... Yeah, so yeah, who's still there? Scarlet Witch, isn't she there? Sc- and... Scarlet Witch <laughs> is there, but there's not necessarily any reason why she would uh-huh. be patrolling or anything. Yeah. And then the Vision... But yeah. again, he's probably off doing something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's several people still in it, but it made sense that he was the one patrolling. And then it was clearly also in there to show Ant-Man can go toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with an Avenger. So. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't like too much of the world. I know it's the same universe, but I, I kind of like the films to be independent. I don't like too much of the crossover, right. you know, um... Do you think it was a studio note of we really do need to have something in here? Like, see, yeah, to me, I think it was uh, kind of a, just a doubt of I don't, we don't think this movie can just be on its own. Like, Ant-Man isn't good enough on his own. We need an adventure mm-hmm. in there. I don't know. That... I, I can see that argument, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was a cool Because, scene. I mean, he even says, like, you know, why don't we get, you know... Iron Man or Hulk or you know on the you know and yeah. well we need a little more finesse or whatever he says but like don't even have those arguments just your Ant Man this is your movie this is your story yeah I mean it well there were a few you know foreshadowy moments in the film like at, he does say at one point like okay well the first thing you should do is call the Avengers and mm-hmm. yeah. and then there was uh, like obviously this is jumping points a little bit but the whole thing where it's like don't mess with the regulator why not. If you do, you'll shrink down to this size and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. 
hmm, is that ever going to come back in the <laughs> yeah. show? Why would we need that information? Hmm. <laughs> like, just like, you know, Ghostbusters is crossing the streams. Hmm, yeah. I wonder if we'll need to do, know about that later. I wonder if that'll come back into play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you, uh, he, shocker, he has to mess with the regulator and mm-hmm. string down to, so, yeah, to quantum level or, yeah. Subatomic size, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, did you get any, uh, interstellar twinges? A little bit, yes, there? yes, uh-huh. <laughs> yep, yeah. I got some interstellar, I got some, yeah, some tesseract, yeah, uh, action going on there. But, yeah, it, it's one of those things that if you go, massively up in scale or massively down in scale you actually end up finding the same things turning out so fair enough mm-hmm. i do i do find it interesting the way they went with it is like all these colors and stuff whereas i don't think you would get that would you like mm-hmm. going down that far i don't i don't even know if you would get much light or anything hitting at that scale yeah, I guess. <laughs> You'd just be I guess floating in nothingness. Mine. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm, yeah, I think that would kill you. I just, I don't know, but I feel like it would be well, the, subatomic. The suit, the suit protects you, you see. <laughs> yes, okay, the suit, yes. So your heart and lungs are all fine, yeah. and yes. They're but, in there somewhere. Well, the helmet protects your head, so I assume the suit protects the rest of you. Uh, uh-huh. And, yeah, I, I wondered about this when they brought it up. Do you think he actually doesn't remember what happened at that size? Or do you think he's just telling him he doesn't remember? Well, it's not like he saw his like dead wife floating around and was trying to hide the information. Well, but well, well, I don't think he has any reason to lie about well, it. Well, that's the thing. that like, He didn't see anyone else down there. And he knows mm-hmm. that that would be the first thing that mm-hmm. Hank would ask. So, mm-hmm. so wouldn't you tell him, I, I don't remember, like <laughs> to I... avoid... <laughs> So, I don't know, maybe, I, I felt like he delivered, that line was genuine or sincere. I feel like he didn't remember, I don't know. Or right. maybe it was a half-truth, like he, not much to say about it. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> it was weird. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird, I don't have the words to explain it. <laughs> so let's just say I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wondered as well, because obviously he put... The way he gets out of this weird world is he puts the thing that he has on his belt that makes mm-hmm. things grow into the regulator. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be what happened to him. So does that mean that when he's back to full size, he still has that in his regulator? Like, yeah. So w- wouldn't Hank figure out that that's, that obviously that's how he got back anyway. So he'd be, aha. So if I shrink down to this size and go to that, cause it, it, he clearly, at the end, it was like, uh, she might still be alive. Well, perhaps it, this will be explored in Ant-Man 2. Yeah, as I say, it, it, says, it says to me that uh, this is not the last time we'll see this macro universe. Sorry, micro universe. Macro will <laughs> be, <laughs> be the other one. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would think that'd be a good uh, place for them to start the script for yeah. <laughs> 2. Or at least Ma- address it at some, you know, in some yeah. fashion. Well, I mean, there's they're clearly planning on a second one. Like, shall we mm-hmm. shall we just mention the? Yes, the, yeah, of course. They, you know, say Ant Man will so, return. Yes, yeah. so Ant Man will return. They have a mid. It's not even mid credit. Slightly before mid credit scene where Hank Pym shows his daughter the wasp suit 2.0 or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call yeah. it. 
So we can see that Hope is going to become the new Wasp. And then at the end, you got to see uh, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson finding Bucky. So, mm-hmm. so now we know that Bucky will be involved in whatever the next... Probably it's going to be Civil War, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, that logically makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. they, was it they? One of them says, "I like, oh, you know, we could, if only we could get a hold of, I'm of Tony Stark." And then I think Steve Rogers says, "Like, you know, you know why we can't or something." So I'm fairly certain that ties into mm-hmm. Civil War somehow. Uh, I don't know enough about Civil War to make an educated guess at this point. <laughs> Do you mean generally Civil War? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, so- Paul, it's when two sides... <laughs> no. But two sides yes. who hate each other very much. Oh, yes. <laughs> who are supposed to be unified. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, and at least it's had an end of credits scene to this one, so like, you didn't get people... like I think uh, the first few people that went to the second Avengers film and they would sit mm-hmm. all through the credits like mm-hmm. nope there's no end credits scene <laughs> no shawarma yeah, yeah no shawarma scene damn it yeah. <laughs> I like that my still shawarma. the best one uh, <laughs> that's just great yeah it that was actually kind of a perfect thing it's like it there's nothing no, said no dialogue there's no explanation just looks outside of like <laughs> they mention swarmer towards the end of the film uh-huh. like that's it and it's just something extra for those people that were willing to sit through it. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it yeah, was just right. a little treat. Yeah, <laughs> and just the look. Yeah, oh, Cap- yeah, Captain America is awesome. Yeah, I, I just love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like watching, going home and watching the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, I might this, just do that. This is going to be a point. Can you imagine in, let's say, again, five years' time, there's going to be things where cinemas will, for a weekend on every Marvel film. God, that would be <laughs> awesome. It'd be exhausting, but it'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be phase one Saturday, phase two Sunday. Oh yeah, and it'd then, be a good festival. Yeah. Oh yeah, make it a three day weekend. So once phase three is over, you got mm-hmm. the three day thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah and well, how about uh, we put it in here then? So where where would you rank this film in the Marvel Universe things we've seen so far? Like, uh, as far as just like favorite Marvel films yeah. so far. Um, Guardians is my number one. Okay. Uh, I would say First Avengers, number two. Uh-huh. And now I would say this is three. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm a comedy guy, so this just <laughs> hit me right because... Yeah. It is supremely hilarious. I, I mean, <laughs> Paul Rudd, it was the perfect choice. Uh, it, he just has that just kind of snarky, sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes deadpan, just, okay, so right. So we're going to break in. Like, it's a cheesy line, so breaking in still stuff. Okay. All right, you know. <laughs> but with him, like, he, he can deliver those lines. And, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was laughing the whole movie. And some of the stuff... Didn't find that as funny, but uh, as other people, I should say, as other people around me, I was in a packed theater. You know how much I love that. Paul. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just thought this was a really fun experience. So I don't know. How about you? It was. It, I mean, 
Comedy like, wise, it oh, oh no, shoot! All right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I forgot about Winter Soldier and how much I loved it. <laughs> All right, so let's say it's in your top tied four. Tied for then. three. Okay, tied for third. Tied for three. Okay. All right. Well, I think you kind of nailed it with uh, Guardians first, first Avengers second. I think I enjoyed the second Avengers more than this one, but that's just because I enjoyed seeing where those characters are going as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's been my favorite storyline so far. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, would probably tie for me with the Iron Man films. I, I kind mm-hmm. of... Because you've got your kind of smart ish mm-hmm. main character. It's tough, yeah, because right? like, I didn't even think about the Iron Man movies. I love... Well, let's not talk about two, but <laughs> one and three are really good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. yeah, and I, I think I would put this one more in line with Iron Man 3 than Iron Man mm-hmm. 1. So, yeah. But yeah, I think that this film shows that Again, Marvel is willing to just run with these things and allow these characters to go straight from the page Mm -hmm. into the cinematic universe without really making any concessions one way or the other because they no longer need to. (laughs) Uh, Do you think they'll have a flop? I mean, you almost think they have to at some point. And, and it depends on the definition. Marvel standard, like what they've established as a successful movie, you know, like only making like forty million or something the opening weekend, yeah, you know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> or you'd be like, oh shoot, we didn't clear ninety or a hundred, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I genuinely don't know at this yeah. point. I think that you're most likely to have something happen where they either go so obscure. That people won't go just because mm-hmm. they'll have never even heard of this. Like, people that might not know what Ant-Man is have mm-hmm. probably heard the word Ant-Man before. And okay. Guardians of the Galaxy was grandiose enough that people would know. But, like, yeah, I think unless they really start going into... Because, well, there's some characters where... Well, let's say Iceman from X-Men. A film based only on Iceman from X-Men. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would do as well. <laughs> No, or like a, uh, and I'm not just saying uh, like Black Widow, like a Black Widow standalone. I don't think would do very well. It would certainly not a Hawkeye. <laughs> it wouldn't, but... unless they made the film about what happened in Budapest. Exactly, that's what you'd have to do with it. Yeah, it'd have to be an origin, more of an origin story, like a you know X Men origin yeah. story. And what's probably helping is that the TV shows they're putting out are a giving you. Some extra little backstory, so if you're following them, you'll mm. you'll get these behind the scene thing. And also, we know we actually do know if you've watched the Agent Carter uh, series, mm-hmm. then you know what Natasha's backstory is because they come across a character who has gone through the same academy that Natasha went through. So we know what happened to her when she was younger. And we know why she is the way she is now. Obviously, we still don't know what happened in Budapest we, <laughs> or any of those missions. But, yeah, it, it's something that they're able to flesh everything out. The only way I think they would have a flop at this point is if they seriously miscast 
yeah, the film. Yeah, casting, <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the writing teams, they seem to be doing quite well as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to Yeah, need... and they're tapping, like, unknown directors that are, like... I mean, unknown to the to the public as a whole. Yeah. Uh, you know, James Gunn, nobody knew who the heck he was. Uh, yeah. This guy, Reed, <laughs> uh, nobody knew who he was. And they're still hitting it out of the park. So, yeah, I mean, it, so yeah, I think it, you're right. It has to be a casting issue where I I think it needs to be a combination of two out of the following three things. It's either going to be serious miscasting, mm-hmm. a writing team that just doesn't get it, and it somehow gets mm-hmm. past the Marvel higher ups, and a director who it turns out wants to go away that is totally different to the reason why they brought them on. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, casting example would be Kate, I know, different DC, but Kate Bosworth as, like, Lois Lane, horrible casting. Yeah. Um, actually, Brandon Ralph, pretty bad casting, too. It's <laughs> true. However, I think he redeems it by being in Scott Pilgrim mm. as the, mm. the superhero. Villain. Yeah, but <laughs> Superman, come on, that's, you, you gotta take that seriously. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And then, you know, another example of what you're talking about, Ang Lee, like, not the right director for a superhero movie. No, yeah. that, that was also back when they still wanted it to look like a comic mm-hmm. book. <laughs> yeah. Which works in, like, Sin City. Mm-hmm. That works. But doing all of those on-screen panels... Like that's a little. That's kind of the wrong oh. medium for it. <laughs> but yeah, those are the examples that immediately came to mind. And I was having a discussion with uh, another friend of mine that about what do you consider to be the first uh, Marvel Universe film as we know the film now? Because um, I think there are two possible answers, and they both came out in the same year. If that's you, any clue, do you mean as in like phase? One Marvel, or do you mean, I mean as in the very first Marvel superhero? I mean that it's still like uh, using this canon. This essentially, canon. yes. Um, okay. Hmm. Because and yeah, that was a pretty good hint there that the, both of these films came out in the same year. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. I'm now I'm trying to think. Going back, use. I mean, using this canon, mm-hmm. then. Technically, the Incredible Hulk is up for attention <laughs> because my answer only okay. only because I know he makes a reference in the Avengers to something that happens in the well, Incredible and, and Hulk. Iron Man shows up. Or, and Iron Man is and Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, um, but my answer is Iron Man. I think Iron Man is the first. I should. I mean, first really full movie of this. Canon we're in. Well, well, and, and the Incredible Hulk, I mean, I don't know if you, I can count casting as an issue or not because it's a different, you know, yeah. it's Ed Norton and not Mark Ruffalo. The, the only thing I will say about it is I would prefer to think that Iron Man is the first, like, them officially trying to make a full arcing story. It's like Iron Man mm-hmm. is the origin of all that. The Incredible Hulk only counts because they they technically do acknowledge that it exists and they did use the end credits to have Tony Stark in it. Mm-hmm. 
But I, it doesn't feel like the yeah, other Yeah, it doesn't ones. feel like this one. Uh, so, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I want a heated debate on that. I want to hear what is the, the first yeah, movie of this canon we're in. Yeah, and it, it's an interesting... <laughs> It's an interesting idea. It entirely depends on exactly yeah. what you're looking for. And both for. of those movies came out in 2008. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, yeah I don't know which was released first, but... <laughs> well, you probably could have looked it up before I we started I could this. have, but why? I want to just leave that to... Yes. <laughs> to, I don't want that to be relevant <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I don't know. Do you think we should uh, get to some ratings? I think we should. I can't think of anything else yeah. that... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's scenes and scenes we could talk about, but uh, if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie, uh, if you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if not, well, we sort of yeah. apologize, but yes. you are still but listening. Still there's, I mean, this is something that I think that could be spoiled, and there's still so much in it for you. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the, the interplay between all the other characters is mm-hmm. what kind of makes this. Yeah, funny. I mean, Evangelina, uh, Lily, and Paul Rudd, I thought were just, you know, the chemistry was good yeah. there. Um, you know, I, I didn't think I was like too forced. So yeah, um, who's up? Uh, well, I, I can go first. <laughs> you go time. ahead. All right. Well, obviously, I said I, I didn't think it was as good as Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I had the odd nitpick of you know, how how did he get into that suit so damn fast? <laughs> it was uh, minor, minor. Yeah. <laughs> But I think overall, I I didn't really have any major issues with the film. Like, you know, casting was great. It was shot well. Uh, great writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea how much of it was Edgar Wright. So I'd could, put it about 60%, 65. Yeah, <laughs> let's assume so. Yeah. That's, that's, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a minus... Well, hang on. Just before I say that, I think I'll just... Quickly go over the actual rating scale, just in case okay, this is the yeah, first just time. A quick refresher. Uh-huh. Yeah. The way we do it is we want it to be somewhat different from uh, regular rating system. Zero is an absolutely perfect film. Guess what? We haven't given any film that. Oh, uh, Lincoln got close. Lincoln got close. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> yeah, basically, Lincoln and Shawshank Redemption are going to be like <laughs> right up unbeatable, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we take off at our own discretion points for any problems we have, or you know, mm-hmm. we, we try and keep personal, like personal opinion, mm-hmm. sort of keep it critical, but it's, you got, and it's you, also more of just a general overall feel. Just, yeah. You know. So yeah, we. To start off with, like, if it's really good, it's only a minus point two or minus. Or that. <laughs> but then you get into Look, like your minus two, your minus. And, and casting Die Antwood in your movie is a big hit. Uh, <laughs> just for future filmmakers, you're going to lose quite a few points <laughs> just by doing that. <laughs> what could he be referring to? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my feeling behind this, I'm going to go with I think a minus. And I nailed his guess. (laughs) Well done, sir. (laughs) I knew that's where you were going with that. Uh, All right. Uh, All right, then. So, I'm not even going to bother guessing. (laughs) I would... I really want to say 1.5, but I think minus... I'm right there with you with a minus 2. Because I know it's still fresh 
in my brain, yeah. and I know yours because we've both seen it very recently. <laughs> yeah, I and saw it yesterday. <laughs> I saw it. Uh, yeah, so about three days ago. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's I, I recommend it highly, um, yeah. as I would pretty much any Marvel film. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's there's not a whole lot wrong. Like I, I mentioned, my few issues with some of the suspension of disbelief stuff yeah. with the ant uh, and the size changing and. You know, the ants being everywhere at once and all that stuff. But it's a really fun movie, of course. <laughs> it's hilarious. There's good action. It's pretty much, yeah, it's like all the things I would... You could probably just listen to this and think I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And just that. Like, yeah, right kind of. Because <laughs> that also had really well done humor. Um, yeah, and, but, and I'm fairly certain we rated that one a little higher. <laughs> probably, <laughs> but it, well, it, it, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, nothing to, yeah. Uh, just in case yeah. you couldn't tell, we like Marvel films. Just a touch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, minus two. Um, just, yeah, just a few issues, but overall, really, really, really well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. well, I'll say, if you want to tell us if you agree or disagree or... Don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let us on... know your favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. 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 Find us on Twitter at Blokebusters, as we said, facebook.com slash Blokebusters. And also, please do listen to our extra episode we put out, the Film for Thought thing. We, we like just yes. doing the quick ideas of like, oh, what is your favorite film prop was the last one that mm-hmm. we put out and all of these odd things. And if you have any ideas for that, do Send them in. Like, yes, please. We'll run with yes, I'm sure we'll we run out at some point <laughs> on our own. Yes, either that or we'll just come back to the beginning and then redo our list. See if, yeah, see if they've changed. <laughs> run it into the ground. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I think that's about going to do it for us. I think so. Well, I've been Paul. And I've been Brian. See ya. Bye.